The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com survey today. Looking to get out of the ads and back to the story? Fable and Folly Plus is a new way to support the creators you love. The podcast you're listening to right now and more than 60 others can be heard ad-free for as little as $4 a month by visiting fableandfolly.com slash plus. And now you'll start to see Fable and Folly Network shows are offering bonus content to all existing and new supporters. Find exclusive new episodes from shows like Where the Stars Fell, The Call of Cthulhu Mystery Program, and Civilized. Plus, early access to new episodes of Midnight Burger, all still entirely ad-free. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the second volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Ryan Laplante and players Tom McGee as Interrogator Nero Abagnale, Laura Elizabeth as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt as Seth Corbin, and Del Borovic as Sister Olien Mina. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band apprised Gazi Cologne of their plan. Seth intimated to Gazi that the Inquisition's activities were more important than planetary politics. Olien arranged for weapons to be stashed at the ball, and Piper's alterations will require her psychic powers to convince anyone that she's rancid. Can the band find a son or daughter of Fabius Bile amidst the chaos of the heist? Find out next in this episode of The Valentine Heresy. From a captured pre-battle conversation of Fabius Bile. We are surgeons, not savages. The scalpel, not the sword. This is what you were made for, my dear. And you... In some ways, in a slight parallel with some members of Homo Novus, have chosen, rather than being the hammer that will smash down on this heist, to be the scalpel, to be the trick, to be the sneaky element of this entire thing, driving forwards to the Citadel at the center of the Dominion Omnium protohive. Now, there are two vehicles, because there are two parts of this adventure. Uh, one, which is taking Piper. Uh, a, now a, a flesh-covered governor monster uh, to be <laughs> hidden within the Citadel uh, and the others to become much more conspicuous. However, all four of you, uh, meaning Nero, Seth, Mina, and Warden, are intended to be part of the party who will be attending the ball which begins the heist inside the Citadel. Uh, are all of you going to go and install Piper before joining the party? Do you want to send one of you to do that and the others to walk in the front door? Uh, you hadn't had a chance to discuss this part of your plan, so I'm imagining now would be the time. I think Seth would want to go with Piper. Just because it's basically, uh, largely it was like his original idea, and he was speaking with Gazzy about this. Um, so I think I think Seth would want to go and make sure that there's a good handoff yeah, I mean, you are also the House Cologne team, so it would not be weird for you to be there already. Like, you could get away with that, no problem. 
I think Mina would also go, even though she's, she knows Seth is pissed at her, but because she would want to be sure that their weapons and stuff are stashed in the correct areas and not have to be asking about that in front of people, that kind of thing. Fabulous. Uh, I would absolutely go through the front door. Um, since Nero's on distraction duty anyway, um, it makes sense. This is just another element he can play as him not understanding a plan um, to the outside world. If everyone else shows up together later and he's just there early, he can be mad about it and make a stink. So I think that all tracks with him. Um, and also, like realistically, he's not he's not the sneaky guy. Like He's not going to go stash weapons. Excellent. <laughs> That's a terrible idea for everyone involved. <laughs> so the, the big, fancy, uh, celebratory limousine will just contain Miro. <laughs> and... Uh, the the armored, I, I guess the armored Torox will contain the other three of you to go do the drop off. Um, and then that can be done inconspicuously. So you don't have to worry about trying to like hide and trade off vehicles. Nice. It, it'll be there at the time you guys need to be able to head out with it. Also with a giant inquisition symbol on it, there's not really a question of whose car it is right. if it pulls up later. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so the first vehicle to arrive will be the Torox simply because they don't have to wait through all the traffic that requires to get up the line into uh, the front area of the Citadel to be welcomed inside. There is a series of security-based uh, valets, essentially, where they're checking the vehicles for weapons, they're checking the occupants for weapons and allowing them inside the party. Uh, Nero, you're not worried about this. You know from the heist rules that you'll be able to hang on to the weapons that you have on you because you're part of a team. And theoretically, legally, teams could shoot each other in the party. They just can't shoot anyone else legally, which is why it's considered high risk. So you have an awkward wait in your vehicle just sitting in a limo. There's Amasek. There's a variety of of other liqueurs and low-level intoxicants. If you wanted to partake, I leave that entirely up to you. Uh, I think I would definitely have a, a steadying Amersec, Um Feeling, again, generally better about the world, uh, having having talked to Space Dad. Um, so, uh, but also, you know, just the, the looming existential crisis around the whole template thing still fully unresolved for him and having had no time to really think about it. Being alone in this limo is actually kind of hell. So I think he's just going to start sipping on it and um, maybe make idle small talk with the uh, the person driving. Um, Fabulous. But that's just how he'll spend the entire time pretty much until everyone else arrives. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the person you end up talking with, we don't need to go through the conversation because mm. I'll tell you now, they don't have any information you want. But Neither it's one of I. Eve Nuln's uh, nephews. Right. So he's actually, now that he knows you're the Inquisition, he has the same level of enthusiasm about the Inquisition that Eve does. He basically thinks you're an Imperial servant above reproach. So talking to you is kind of like talking to, for Probably Jesus. Like, that's probably where he sees an Inquisitor on the scale of things. So he'll be personable. Uh, and I don't know whether that would calm your nerves or freak you out, but that's what you get over the course of the chat. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he'll just be me leaning through the window being like, hey, yeah, yeah, that, that's great. That's great. Hey, listen, um, tell me about your dreams. <laughs> just like, <laughs> let <God>. him go. <laughs> what the fuck? Jesus. Yeah, except he's in confessional, so it's super excited in response. Uh, meanwhile, around the back of uh, the Citadel, uh, the Torox is welcomed through uh, a side gate and through a number of winding passageways around the Citadel. You'd all recognize this path is leading to the back door that you had all exited out of the first time that you had visited. Uh, waiting for you actually is Gazzy and Truncheon Cranius, who, Mina, you're the only person who would recognize Truncheon Cranius. Uh, he is wearing the same uniform you'd seen on security before, only with a fancier helmet and fancier all around. 
Uh, the two of them just wave you in with Piper. Uh, Mina, I'm imagining because you're the strong person that you would be pushing this giant fleshy monstrosity uh, oh, sure. in yeah. a wheelchair because it is a manual wheelchair. This is like the ones that you see for elderly people now. It is not terribly fancy other than uh, the outfit. Gazzy gestures you all into the elevator that you know leads straight up to uh, his his apartments in the beginning. He's like, well, you got the outfit. That's kind of decent, actually. I, I, I managed to replicate that. Excellent. Well done. Um, so who, who's in that? This would be our Psyker Piper. Oh, my emperor. Is this reversible? Shepet. Shepet. Save your strength, <laughs> Piper. <laughs> it's like pat, pat her on the head. It's it. so hard to talk in this thing. <laughs> we have been told it is indeed reversible. Okay. The hope okay. here is that Piper can retain her psycher abilities should she need them. Oh, so she can convince someone that she actually is my father instead of this. He just says, pointing up and down awkwardly. He's out of Piper's line of sight, but Piper, you have the ability to know what's going on, so yeah. him subtly being, like, not impressed with you would be very clear. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes, well, I'm, like, I'm not going to talk a lot, so I'm just going to, like, talk as much as I can, and then... Mm. <laughs> she just, like, freaking hates the way her voice sounds. It's just like, fuck. Right. <laughs> Gazzy is... I would say today has clearly shaken Gazzy's faith in the Inquisition over this whole thing, but he's committed now. Uh, when you Him arrive and me at, both. <laughs> you arrive at the top of the elevator, uh, you're escorted out. Uh, he takes you through uh, the, the passageway again. I would say you could try to memorize it, but frankly, Piper is such a mess that it's taking all of you to be able to move this awful wheelchair through this mm -hmm. environment. This is uh, a hallway of mirrors too, right? Yeah, this is the whole hallway. We can't hallway not look at her. <laughs> Piper can, thought he was in hell, but no. Piper, can you roll me either a resilience or a cool? Uh, oh, uh, I'll roll a cool. I think. All right, uh, yeah. let's let's roll a cool. It'll be at difficulty three. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give you a setback because the mirror, this is your ability to not go crazy looking at what you actually look like in the mirrors as you go through. <laughs> Sorry, Everyone else is, is horrified, but there are dangers to you losing your mind in this suit. Um, yeah, difficulty three, I will give you a setback, uh, a setback because your heart would be pounding. You are powering a body. Sorry, that two is setbacks twice, now? Yeah, so two setbacks. Okay. Yeah, one, one because the heart strain would be freaking you out. And the second, because you can't not look at you. It was easier everywhere else, but here it is disgusting. Um, I will What's give our story one, point situation? Uh, you have one and I have four. Okay. So I am going to, I'm not going to use a story point on this one. That's um, nice. Thank you. Uh, I would have given you back to you one elsewhere. So it's, it's really, there's no winning. Uh, yeah. I will give you a boost because you volunteered for this. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'll give you a second boost because you are a trained psyker, so you're used to putting yourself in psychologically uncomfortable territory. Uh, yes. It's not physically comfortable to use psyker powers. And you've probably, over the course of your work with the Inquisition, had to face off with people who are cult-aligned, which is sort of like trying to do a puzzle while a demon stabs you in the back. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you've had yeah, challenges. for sure. For sure. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> um, oh, dear. 
Hey, holy shit. Five successes, two threats. Nice. Uh, wow. You still look as bad as always. And Gazzy <laughs> is still not believing you can pull this off. Uh, however, I will say from this point onwards, with five successes, uh, you no longer will have to test to see if you can resist being horrified hey. by uh, your body. Seeing it steals you to your mission rather than I driving you further away from it. Yeah, I do. I do think kind of like this is because Piper grew up in a death world. There was just so much like illness and deformity and just um, people not doing well health wise that she's just seen a lot. So I think it probably doesn't bother her as much as it might someone else. Totally reasonable. Um, so you're wheeled through the rest of the maze uh, and brought out into a side room that's next to the, the central elevator that you had come up before. So this is an antechamber. It is, there are elaborate hangings on the walls that you can see made of cloth in the house cologne color purple. There are statues and vases, all of them garishly gold, but spread around the edges. In the center of the room, it has been emptied. Uh, it's just a hardwood floor stretching from front to back. So your, your wheelchair is wheeled to the center of the space and locked off giving you essentially the feeling of a throne in an attending room. Uh, and Gazzy looks to Seth and says, once I get my dad out of there with the distraction, we can bring them up here. I'll have him somewhere else and they can come into this room and meet with Rancid. He says, just looking at Piper clearly uncomfortably. I'm imagining we want to do the trade-off when whoever steals the thing gets back to the building so that there's no risk of a last-minute handoff fouling this? Yes. That, that would be prudent, yes. All right. So if you need to go early, give me that thigh tap and sign. Otherwise, I'll just wait until somebody's coming through semi-victoriously and we'll deal with that right at the gate. Good, yes. Well done, Gazzy. Yeah, thank you. Uh, any other questions, concerns, wars you started? He says, looking at Mina incredibly unhappily. <laughs> Mina does not meet his gaze, doesn't look at him. She's just waiting for him to be done so she could talk to the other guy. Hey, Piper says, can I get some water? Can I get some water? Water. Yes, water? and that'll be the last we hear out of you, won't that? Mm. Isn't that right, Piper? Sure. You're rancid from here on in. Understood. What? Why did you just call me Piper then? Give me the water. <laughs> just, <laughs> he's like very, because she. I'm assuming she's not in any physical shape to grasp and drink it herself. Correct. Uh, <laughs> okay. Gazzy crosses over to one of the hanging curtains and pulls it forwards, revealing behind it a mini bar setup, which includes water with a large straw. Yeah. Uh, and he brings it over to the wheelchair, moves Piper's arm very unceremoniously, and just wedges the giant water <laughs> in between her elbow and her body and puts this straw in her Excellent. mouth. He's clearly comfortable moving an oversized fleshy body to give someone what they <laughs> yeah. need. Right. Uh, and he's and like, I All right, it's definitely like dribbling down too. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm like, yeah. It's like, you know, like Dinothor and... And uh, is it Return of the King or the yes, Two Towers when he's like eating like the, the fruit Ugh, and stuff no, and it's got all like on. the dribbling? It's like that, but with water. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you so your, your Zardoz <laughs> bodysuit uh, is getting wetted in a way that really shows off your 
weird muscles in the the light of the room. Candlelight. That's the classiest kind of light in these environments. Uh, and the rest of you are taken to, uh, the rest of you, there are two of you, are taken out of the room uh, to the elevator that's leading down to the central floor. So there is a moment for you to be able to talk to Truncheon, Mina, if you want to on this elevator. But Gazzy will be overhearing unless you signal to Seth to have a chat with Gazzy. Is Warden still with us? Uh, Warden is with you. He's just coming down the okay. stairs. He's accepted this as part of the party. I do want to share some information with Warden, given that he's taking on a, a good amount of risk being behind the wheel in our armored car out, like, pretending to heist. Great. Uh, uh, you can do that silently here because you guys will be doing essentially tap speaking. Yeah, great. Yeah, uh, I, I, I would argue if you have something you want to say to the governor and talk to Warden at the same time, it'd be a role, but you seem to be to be the character who would be capable of doing that, which is tapping a message to one person while having a different conversation. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it also helps uh, not being able to trace my eyeline anymore. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that really helps. Um, uh, and I basically just signal to, uh, to Warden um, the information that I gleaned from my picked fly. I explained to him that... Uh, Lucia Bain appears to have called in a favor with the Navy. Um, watch out for, and I just, I start listing like, watch out for, steer clear of like possible bombardments. If you see Navy vessels, steer clear kind of thing. Stay safe and come back to us. Um, obviously, since it's all gestures, there's like no inflection of like care for his well-being or anything <laughs> like that. These are just words like, like maybe being read by an emotionless robot. Uh, yeah. Great. Uh, he yeah. just signed back understood. Yeah. Warden is very much a blank slate in a lot of ways. He serves yeah. his purpose. And when his purpose isn't protecting Piper, it's just whatever he's been told it is by the Inquisition team. Yeah. Uh, he's very reliable, but he has almost no ingenuity. You know, his greatest strength is his greatest weakness. Right. Uh, Mina, did you want to say anything to Trench and Cranius, or are you waiting until you can get him fully alone? Yeah, I think she's going to wait. She's not going to risk pissing Gazzy off further. So I think whenever they all split up, she could just grab him or, you know, walk, talk to him solo. Yeah, yeah. The elevator hits the bottom after Seth has had his conversation and everyone else has had this tense moment of waiting. Uh, and you exit out heading towards uh, the ballroom, the same room at the beginning of your Delectamenti Mortem adventure. Uh, but you do have a moment to pull Trench and Cranius aside. It's not you're all going to be announced when you enter. This is a big party. You can hear it from here. It's clear that this is a, more of a Met Gala style reception uh, than a, a small somber viewing party. Yeah, so she's definitely going to just, like, take his arm and, and just slow their walk so everyone else goes forward and then just be like, uh, Sir Cranius, I just wanted to ask you um, that those things that we spoke about before, where might I find them? Yeah, I've got that last cannon for you right by the front door. Uh, um, <laughs> Realize everybody in this hallway works for me, right? And you look around the hallway and see a line of troopers in cologne colors, one every 15 to 20 feet, all studiously not looking at you at all, just staring straight ahead. He's like, yeah, I trained all these fuckers. We're fine. Um, well, all right. I've, uh, I'm just trying to be extra cautious now. All right, let's whisper then. Thank you. I got you. you that last cannon. <laughs> it's by the front door. Yes, and the <laughs> the uniforms. Yep, front door. Front door. Like, well, it's like a cloakroom. I kind of oh. put a lot of them around. Uh, if you want to come back here, you can just take them off. I don't know, that guy. And he just points at one. Or he's like, oh, or there's oh. a cloakroom by the front. So if you're heading towards the door, you can just duck aside. Perfect. Thank you very much. You are incredibly useful, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. You needed to smuggle your own people in or something, right? 
Um, sort of, yes. Or do you just want us to store your clothes? Yeah, we're going to just swap clothes, I think. Yes. All right, well, then have them meet you in the coat room. Perfect. We'll definitely do that. Do you need another last cannon? He says really loudly. <laughs> She's just sort of slowly. Thank you for all of your hard work, Emperor Bless. And um, if I need that, I will tell you. Excellent. Excellent. It's going to be a house war. Let's do this. Uh, and he will take your arm very gentlemanly and begin escorting you towards the party. Wonderful. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the front, Nero, your your grav car has arrived. Uh, you exit out. These are large, grand, it's a large grand staircase leading up to the entrance. Uh, as you go, you can see other people are being more directly scanned and handled on their way inside. Between the fact that everyone knows your Inquisition and you're clearly a member of the, of the heist crew for this building's house, you just get to skate past all of it. Uh, you don't have to play any of these bullshit games. Uh, when you get to the top, there's a small hallway lined with servants, all of whom are offering drinks, other intoxicants along the way. As you go down, you then get to enter the grand ballroom, uh, which is the same ballroom from the Delectamenti Mortem, only it has been elaborately de like decorated. There are torches along the walls, but instead of fire, they clearly have the equivalent of LEDs in them, just spraying light upwards. There are hanging banners everywhere. It seems like they're celebrating everything that has ever been given to the system all at the same time. They come down to about 10 feet over your head. Uh, they're varying heights, of course, and varying designs. The majority of them are in House Cologne colors, uh, just because, as you know, House Cologne has been running the system for a dramatically long period of time. Uh, there are symbols with the cogwheel of the Mechanicum. You can see the symbols of the Adeptus Mercantile. All of the major bodies appear to have given awards to this at some point. You can also see symbols of the High Lords on Terra, mm -hmm. which is a bigger deal for you uh, because yeah. it just implies that the prom in the system is actually highly, highly valuable in a way that people who matter are noticing. There are only like 10 people in the Imperium who matter and nothing else does, but somehow they've noticed this system. Uh, you do have some time. Uh, you, the other party is about to arrive, but you have a moment in advance. Every person you've ever bumped into is here, uh, along with clearly factional groups from all of the major Imperial factions, as well as all of the houses. Uh, you can see the house leaders wandering through the crowd. It appears the house leader theme, as you can see at this time, is uh, tucks and tails, but no pants. Uh, they're all wearing uh, the equivalent of a house-colored Speedo, but at the top, it is the, the tuxedo jackets with tails, uh, the full bow tie, dress, vest, but just Speedo on the outside and nothing on their legs. All the house leaders are also barefoot, which seems at first insane. And then the follow-up thought is, Ooh, that's actually a real statement of power because they've had to do so much decoration and quick work around here that it implies that they are so confident that they will not be injured that you know there are a bunch of panicking servants running around with brooms, terrified <laughs> that they'll go into the wrong corridor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the rest of the, the the rest of the crowd are dressed up in a variety of evening wear. Uh, they're clearly on the fancy side. A few daring people are not wearing pants to try to match the house leaders, uh, but the ones who do. 
uh, they have the same crowd reaction that when you go to when we would go to prom and it would be the two guys who show up wearing the dumb and dumber things and it's like their <laughs> two friends think it's cool and everybody else is like i'm gonna stay about 10 feet away from this person because i don't want to uh, be in those photos i'll just have to imagine what that could be i definitely didn't wear a monocle and a top hat to my prom <laughs> so. uh. yay <laughs> okay um so Nero, Nero's uh, Mechanicus cogs are turning, but uh, he also doesn't want to pooch this this thing before it gets gets up and going. Um, so uh, I think he uh, he's going to make a big show of um, observing his own pants and suddenly being horrified, um, because again the the goal here is is as distracting as possible. So I think immediately it's like walks in, you know, cape flittering out behind his back, just like full, like badass, like, you know, fucking trench coat deckered in um, Blade Runner, like stepping in dramatically, um, playing up the Inquisition piece as well. Like, I am here. Look at me. Like, I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. Uh, and then I'll stop and look down at my pants and just immediately just the full face falls and just like, oh, God, oh. Oh, oh, Emperor's foot. No one, no one, no one, no, not, not a, and I'll just like grab whoever's closest and just be, you know, not a single person told me that this was the dress code that we were expecting tonight, that we were, and I, I put these pants on like, like a fool. And I'll just start like yelling to people across the room being like, hey, did you know about the pants? Um, and just like <laughs> drinking aggressively, um, I'm actually taking very small sips, uh, but taking a lot of them very quickly, um, just to justify the future actions I intend to take. Um, and also just like, I feel like Nero wears tight pants. Like, I think it's, you know, he's, a he's he, ever since his, his days at Adventus, you know, he, uh, he always, you know, he, he likes being slick. Um, so he, uh, he's going to be, uh, like plucking at the hem and like doing that awkward like shuffle dance where he's like trying to adjust his underwear, just like clearly very uncomfortable and frustrated. Um, we'll also try to make introductions, but he's also just trying to buy time because he doesn't again want to. He doesn't want to shit the bed before Seth gets here. So it's a lot of like I'll join the party in a second. I just I gotta you know like start rolling them up and turn them into capris and it looks worse <laughs> and just like rolling oh, them back down and just like having a real time. Yeah, the average party guests seem to be very pleased that you are wanting to say hi, but also not doing so. They seem relieved to do that, and you realize you may have some pretty good luck at being able to just draw attention, but not have to pay too much of a price for it. However, Invictus is in the crowd. Uh, you are one of the few people who will have a conversation with Invictus. So he walks up uh, from the distance and says, ah, yes, I see. Well, you don't have to take your pants off. It's mainly a thing for the house leaders. There were a number of years where the crown was smuggled in by a leader themselves. So you may notice, no pockets, he says, pointing uh, at them with their no pants outfits. Uh, and when you look, you can see their tailcoats are billowing uh, as they wander around mm. the room. They're very light and they're wider than you would have suggested. So you can see underneath their vests and other clothing is incredibly fitted. There is no way they could be hiding any artifact of any size on themselves. And I'll uh, nod and say, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a clever ploy. Um, but unfortunately, uh, Invictus, as you can see, and I'll point at my unnecessarily tight pants, be like, I let, uh, you know, that old chaos god, Pride, uh, really got to me today. So uh, here I am in my my tight heresy pants. I couldn't smuggle anything in, in these anyway. And then I kind of like gesture generally at, at my my groin region, be like, like these don't hide anything. I, I couldn't. Uh. Anyway, oh, it's that's, fine. 
Thank you. It's I quite appreciate the fruit basket you have there. Thank you. That that means a lot coming from you. Um, uh, wow. Okay. So that's that's exciting news, though. And how about you? What's I mean? I know we've kind of uh, I'll like look around and say uh, definitely haven't involved you in any way, shape, or form other than my own personal property, which is in, involved. Um, but uh, what do you normally do with these things? I stand around and observe for heresy. Also, I'm generally ignored, so I eat a lot of food. Hey, you know, that's... And I'll, I'll like, put a hand on his shoulder. Given that I'm a little, uh, a little more grounded right now, the effect of him is, is definitely... Uh, uh, it's, it's more there than it was before. At the same time, I feel like Nero has always been, you know, the, the, the friend of anyone he can be. So hmm. still, like, just only a minor eye twitch as I do it. Um, and I'll be like, well, I, you know... Victus, I, I don't think that's very fair. You know, you're you're a learned man. You know things that that all these folks, all these folks, they they never even learn. They don't even know they exist. But you, you do. You're you're an interesting fellow. And you know, I don't think it's very fair that these people don't give you the time of day. I think it's time they meet Invictus. I think it's time every single person in this room meets you, bud. And then I will put an arm around his shoulder and realizing that he is the greatest possible distraction, I'm going to drive him around this party like a stinky golf cart (laughs) and make everyone deal with him. Hey, this is Nero Abagnale from uh, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy. And look, if you want to help support us in pulling back the curtain on uh, some of the mysteries of the galaxy, like, uh, you know, figuring out what all this Horus stuff means or uh, finding these uh, these uh, new men, well, we're going to need your help. So for just the cost of a dollar a month, you can join our, our Patreon at patreon.com slash dice. And yeah, for just that, you can talk to other fans in the Discord, swap theories about uh, the nature of the Golden Throne, uh, about, you know, what really happened back in the day you can really get to the heart of things or you know at five dollars you can listen to this very show ad free uh, as well as some of our other shows uh at fifteen dollars you can add some names to the shows you can hear your own uh you know names showing up and stuff and at twenty five dollars you can create your very own character who will go with us on some of our adventures as well as uh, getting your name added to the credits which is a good way to immortalize yourself you know like like horace did when he got his name added to the credits of history you know so uh if you want to be like horace go to uh patreon.com slash dice that's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E, and, you know, we'll figure this out together. Yeah, let's do a die roll for this. This is just kind of fun. (laughs) This is some mayhem, and I want to know how it goes. Uh, This feels like, oh, man. What does this feel like to you on a skill roll? Because this is a weird one that doesn't fall into an easy category, so I'm willing to negotiate. Um, I would take this as probably cool, I think. Yeah, yeah, let's go with that. Um, just because it's um, it's selling a thing that he knows is bullshit, but trying to sell it earnestly. Because if it doesn't come off at a Ted Lasso level of earnestness, it won't work. So there is, there's an element of deception, but he is also legitimately just introducing a man to other people. So there's not. <laughs> yeah, I would say cool, cool or um, skullduggery if you wanted it to be that you're like using cunning to try to fool people with your genuine I, performance. Honestly, again, I'm not a, I'm not a sneaky guy. My, my ploys have to be close to the heart and honest or else they just don't fly. And also legitimately, he is the only um, Horizian, uh 
scholar I've ever met. So like, I mean what I say about that. Now, I don't want to go around telling everyone about Horace because that's more a him and me inside voices conversation I'm learning. Um, but as a chaosician, like he, he legitimately is more interesting to Nero as like a citizen of the galaxy than any of these fuckos. So yeah, it's an honest, it's an honest statement, but also with, with a little bit of ploy. So, uh, I'm going to go with cool. Um, what's the difficulty, sir? I will say difficulty three. Yep. Um, you are using him to distract. Normally he has two setback automatically given on any social check, but you are using him as a distraction shield. So those will become two boost for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there is also a setback given to anyone who interacts with him positively in public for anyone else they see talking to him, which would mean if you were trying to win anybody over, I would give you that setback only you're trying to get them to not like you, but notice you, so that'll be another boost. You get three boosts for the fact that he is the most dislikable man ever. Great. Uh, represented by as you walk him around, he is taking food off of the plates of people you're talking to <laughs> and taking their drinks out of their hand and sipping from them. Yeah. And a whole time, just like hand on shoulder, like, isn't isn't that great? Look at that. You just took that food right up. Ow. What a guy. Uh, <laughs> all right. And uh rolling them bones. All right. Uh two success, three advantage. I'm a very social boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I am going to say uh, save the advantage, so make a note. You will have three advantage to spend on your checks to make a big scene to allow your friends Love to escape because that. that'll be the heat you've picked up over time. Mm -hmm. uh, people have noticed and are seem to think you're wasted. They think you're drinking the amount you're trying to portray that you're drinking because they don't believe there's any other way you could be handling this man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and Invictus is basically destroying anyone's plans even if they try to talk to you about politics or rope you into something. <laughs> The only person who seems to be able to put up with him at all is Chasener Bo-Katan. Uh, he doesn't seem to react to Invictus differently than anyone else. And you quickly realize it's because Chasener Bo-Katan feels about everyone in the room the way they feel about Invictus. Like Invictus is just nice. dead center of, I hate all of these people and they make me sick. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's it. I, you would avoid the house leaders, uh, yeah. I think. They they don't have an active interest in you at this point. Um that could have changed if there was, you know, trying for despair. But no, you did the smart thing and just avoided uh, avoided them for now. Uh, at which point uh, the rest of the party enters. Seth, you are the first person to enter in behind Gazzy. Uh, Gazzy, Seth, it's the first time you've seen the transformation of Gazzy. And you realize his security people, at least the ones chosen by Truncheon, must be trustworthy. Because he walked past them in the hallway without putting the character on. Right. Whereas five steps before the room, you can see in each step, he just layers on out of balance, wasted, stupider. Like it's every step just takes the physicality until he strolls through looking like an absolute insane person. Uh, and as he steps out, he rips off his pants and his robe top until he's just in a Speedo. And he just says, yes, it's time for the heist. Get those teams out there. Woo! Uh, and he <laughs> grabs two drinks from the nearest party member. Not not somebody, just a servant. He's just grabbing drinks off of people, and he's downing those left, right, and center. Uh, you and Mina enter along with Warden. Truncheon immediately peels off. Mina just say, pardon me. <laughs> the words and the tone are genteel, but he cannot talk quieter than that. Uh, and he just goes to follow Gazzy. Uh, you can see in the distance there there is a raised stage. 
Uh, you don't see Rancid yet. You would assume that he is backstage going to be wheeled out for whenever this thing starts because that seems to be the history of what has happened here. Uh, you can see all of the figures that you would recognize. So again, you can see every major leader. I won't run down all the names, but everybody you've met at a dinner, everybody you've had political interactions with. Uh, can you roll me, Seth, a perception? Yes. Because you've had the longest time to, you're, you're not distracted by truncheon or conversation, so you have the best shot at taking in the environment. Uh, difficulty two. Perception, there we go. I will use a story point to make it a little harder. So one of your two difficulty will be a red. Okay. Uh, any uh, setback or boost? Um, I'll give you a boost because you aren't having to face what you'd normally face going into this environment, which is taking in the whole crowd because they're looking at you because Gazi is such a train wreck that they all have just immediately watched him or are turning right. to themselves to mock him. So you've got a moment of calm to be able to take in the space. Okay. Four success is one advantage. Great. The crowds are pretty tightly packed. Uh, it doesn't seem like all the houses are mingling, but you can't spot uh, the teams. There's no one obviously standing out in this environment. However, when you look into the wings, you can see that there are multiple doors that will allow people to enter the space. And in front of four of them are podiums that are nearly six feet tall with small sets of stairs rolling up to them. If you look it down, you got enough successes you can do this. You can see that they're wheeled. It is very likely you would guess that when the teams are introduced, each team will be put on a podium and wheeled forwards in a spotlight scenario so everyone can understand exactly who is there. So you don't have to go and announce yourselves. Odds are you will be announced and then have to reveal yourselves. Uh, you have a moment if you want to approach anyone for any political reasons. Otherwise, you can just wait it out. Well, I think before they get in, Mina's following Seth. And she's going to, like, tap him on the arm and then tap out on her chest because she can't tell if he's actually looking at her. Yep. But, she, but she's going to tap out just like the weapons and disguises are in the roof, the coat check by the front door, basically, the information she got. So he has that. So if they get separated, he knows where to go. <laughs> okay. Uh, and just like Warden, you get tap, tap back, uh, understood. Yeah. Right. Seth, uh, you're in charge of this mission. So is there something you want to do? You can see on each of the podiums, there is a splash of color and a diamond on the front. So you can spot the purple podium, which is clearly meant for the Cologne team. Also, Nero is clearly wandering around the party with Invictus looking absolutely hammered, which you're, nah, you succeeded enough. You can tell he's not drunk. You've seen Nero drunk and cowardly. This is Nero putting on an act to get a lot of attention. Um, so okay. You could flag him over there. You could head there directly. At the same time, you can see uh, people that you've dealt with directly. Uh, Pettis Fetidum is there. Invictus has clearly arrived. Ignatius Ironforth is here as a pleasant surprise. There's also Chasener Bo-Katan, the chief astropath, the major, you know, Vicar Estevez is among the crowd. Mina. They're, they're every major player in the system, as far as you can tell, is here. Um... I think spotting those podiums, uh, no, I don't think there's anyone that I want to approach just now. It's a funny thing of like, things appear to be going okay. I want to like focus in on the task at hand uh, and not necessarily um, risk anything by opening myself up to like, like, be, become socially vulnerable to to anyone looking to exert some kind of 
black male or force or favor over me. We've got things kind of going the way we want to right now. So it's kind of like a don't talk to me until this is over kind of mentality for, for Seth. Um, Great. You hear a small yeah. trill of trumpets from an outside room. Uh, it filters through the whole ballroom, so you'd hear this as well, Nero. And a voice just rings out saying, all teams to their podiums, all teams to their podiums. Uh, you can all see clearly from the light which podiums you're being directed to. There is a purple cologne one, so you will all head over to that. It is the furthest from the stage. Um, essentially, if you're looking at the room, the stage is at the far end. We'll call that north. Uh, south is out onto the veranda, the balcony, where you'd done the hunting before. Uh, and then equidistant, creating essentially a square in the center of the space. There are the four podiums, northeast, uh, northwest, southeast, southwest. You guys are southeast. So you're closest to the door in and out of the space oh, uh, from okay. that direction. There are a lot of doors. It's a big okay. building. Uh, meanwhile, though, upstairs, Piper, for the first time, you have been left alone in the citadel of the governor of this world. You are trapped in your body, but due to a series of successes and your general mental fortitude, you're much less trapped than any other party member would be because you have psychic abilities. <laughs> Is there anything you would want to do in terms of, I don't even know all the abilities you have. I'll be straight up about that. Yeah. Um, but is there anything you would want to do in terms of checking out your environment? Is there anything else you would want to do knowing that you have all the house leaders in this building, you have all the major players in this building. They're not on top of you, but they're not half a world away. Yeah. Um, you would also know there are security people on this floor if there's just stuff you want to try to skim about anything. Yeah, I I think. Oh, I think I would like to, in essence, I see. I'm not even sure if I can do this. Well, pitch it because you probably can. Um. To basically, like, give a slight nudge, like the slightest of, like, nudges at the minds that are kind of going, like, in and around as they get, you know, close to me. Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether it's, like, below me or, like, in, you know, in the room, whether it's guards or whatever. And just, I, I just want to look out for... If there's anyone who is consumed with thoughts that are not related to their job at hand. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's roll for that. Cause you are in the position that you're in. There wouldn't be anybody on the floor directly below you, but there would be guards walking and kind of guarding the hallway directly outside where you are. Mm -hmm. You have as much security as the governor would at this point. Mm -hmm. uh, you're in a secure location. You know, the elevators to get here are tricky. They also can't afford for anybody to see you without there being major blowback. Yeah. But with the guards wandering by, yeah, let's see if you can skim something. What's the usual check? So I this? think this would this would kind of be like mind scan light. Okay. You know, because I'm not like I'm not looking for specific piece of information, which is what that would usually be for, but it's like of in that vein, you know? Mm-hmm. So um so I mean the default check is, is an easy difficulty, so you can uh change that if you would like to i have to upgrade one it's easy one or two it easy is one okay uh i'm gonna make it difficulty three just because you're scanning Ooh. a large number of brains to try to skim information um what okay. i will do is give you two boost because mm -hmm. you aren't looking to read their minds you're just feeling a pattern and trying to yeah. see if there are any threads that don't match up 
Okay, so that's going to be a total of four difficulty then. With oh, one I just of, want a total of three difficulty. Oh, total of three difficulty? Oh, yeah. that's nice. Thank you. Okay, yeah, so one I don't, of them I don't is a think challenge this would die. Be, I don't think this would be kind of like blowing your mind. I think this would just yeah. be. Um, I think because I have time to do this, um, I will, uh, I can suffer two wounds um, to add a success. Um, okay. So it basically, it, it's going to take, take a lot out of me to do this. But I'm I'm really cute. I'm really all about like the cultists. I'm like and obviously Fabius Bile and, and all all of that shit going on. I want to know if anyone's around from that. So I think I would suffer the wounds for the success. Yep. Uh, this is something you could not know until you do it. It'll actually be three wounds this time with the additional mass attached to your system. There's okay. just a little more inertia to the overall thing. Got so it. it'll be three wounds. But it still will give you the automatics that you're looking for. Okie dokie. Um, so I think that's all I can add. All right. You good? I'm yep. good. Okay. See what happens. Ah, three successes, two advantages. Nice. Uh, advantages, what I will say for the advantage, I will allow you to carry those forward as well. So make a note. Okay, uh, nice. The first time you have to uh, impersonate Gazzy, you can cash those in. Uh, nice. In person, rancid. Sorry. Yeah. Um, what you're seeing is the expected behavior. Okay. That is expected of rancid in terms of his engagement with his environment. None of them are worried about rancid coming at the door. None of them are worried about rancid calling for anyone. It's yeah. clear um, that rancid is even less functional than you'd thought, and all you'd yeah. see was him being wheeled out onto a stage and going like, and nothing else. Yeah. Apparently that's a lot for him, uh, but that's very useful okay. for you to know because if someone who knows Rancid is to bring him something and all of a sudden you tried to have a conversation, uh, that would be bad unless yeah. you were specifically geared to. Again, so, you would be uh, able yeah, to. Essentially, I'm prepared, to, I'm prepared to give the uh, response. Yeah, mm. or with your psycher <laughs> abilities, you know that that's what they would anticipate. So you can build the compulsion to allow them to accept yeah. that you can talk this time around. Mm. Like it's just going to pay off for you no matter what you want to do. Yeah, that's It's fair. just the base level knowledge helps you craft uh, the, the thing for them. Cool. Uh, the interesting thing for you and the surprising thing for you, the only jarring thought that's popping out right now is that Gazi ordered away the governor's doctor uh, who usually lives oh. on this level. Uh, okay. He stays, he's a full-time attendant, he's there, much like the kind of doctor they have on call for the president, where it's just, there's always yep. someone with a fully decked out medical suite waiting. Uh, that is doctor... That, is that just, just for today? Just for today. Okay. Uh, he didn't fire him, but he sent him, he sent him away to go look after a vague nephew who'd apparently called in a favor. You don't know if that's true. No one has the same story in their mind. It seems mm -hmm. like there were probably even a number of successes, but it's... Nobody has the exact same cover story, but there was maybe a fight, maybe something, and the doctor was sent away tonight. Okay. It doesn't seem to you as like a deep conspiracy. You don't know what it is. Yeah. It's just something that stands out to you right now is the only thing that's not everybody's anticipated events. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's what you learn uh, while you are skimming off of minds wandering by up in your big room.
Meanwhile, down in the party room, uh, the Gazzy steps out onto the stage. Uh, he's wheeling Rancid. The trumpets are playing exciting music as he takes him up to the middle. He stops Rancid and parks him. And then the microphone, the 1940s-style microphone, lowers from the ceiling. He's like, all right, everyone. It's so good to be here for the heist. And he looks to the crowd as though they didn't clap. And he's like, clap, you idiots. And they all do <laughs> because he can literally have them shot if he wants to. Uh, they all clap politely. He's like, it's time for to see the teams or whatever. Everyone get on your fucking podiums. Uh, I'm imagining you all climb up to your podium. Uh, I get on my fucking podium. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a, a certain pose you're all striking collectively? Do you have a way that you're standing? How do you want to come across as the spotlights hit the various podiums? Well, I think that it would probably be like Mina and Warden looking like heavy muscle just standing, <laughs> like for sure. And then whatever the guys are doing. Yeah. Uh, in classic, like, <laughs> classic, like piccolo pose, uh, <laughs> um, uh, Seth just has, like, has, has his arms crossed and is like leaning against something. Probably uh, Mina, realistically. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And I will do full, like, Trump at the G8 where I just push past all of them once they're in position God. Um, and just like um, get to the front and like with my rolled up pants, just looking as sad, as sad as they can, just put one foot up on something. So in theory, I can get like a full deep lunge <laughs> situation going on and, and strike just kind of a uh, someone trying to look rakish and capable, but clearly failing pose like all the people in the uh, Captain Morgan ads, you know, just really trying for it and and failing. Gazzy at the front as the spotlight hits your group and you can see the other groups all stepping into position. He goes, and these are the teams. First is my team. And he points to you and the light goes even brighter. And he's like, they're good, I guess. And then there's, oh man, who are the other teams? I don't even know. I should know. But I, it doesn't matter. I'm the, I'm the governor's son. Fuck you. Uh, and at that point, he just hands the mic to Rancid, holds it in front of his face, and Rancid goes, That's right, Dad, that's right. You're the governor. All right, we got Team Marcus. And he points, uh, and you can see, Ah, oh, professional criminals or something. And you see what looks like a hive crime gang, uh, a higher end one. Uh, this would be in the realm of aristocratic criminals. It seems to be an Ocean's Eleven style team. Okay. But clearly all decoded they've all got marks at their necks and at their wrists even though they're well dressed from collars or handcuffs that have been recently mm. worn if you had to guess they've all been released from a house prison specifically to do this job uh there are four of them every team is made up of four people uh there is a, a traditional kind of heavy that you would expect big burly uh muscle type jammed into a gorilla suit not like a mate suit like a gorilla but just you know how they all look like gorillas when you put them in suits yeah uh along with a swashbuckling leader uh someone who looks incredibly out of touch almost as though they were an accountant who has been let out of jail along with three more hardcore criminals and then a woman who just looks totally normal and at ease which is strange because you all know the pressure of the lights and the crowd and the dangers of this heist. She's fine. You hmm. can't tell if she's high or if she's clueless. Uh, you could think it might be a lobotomy. You're just not sure, but she's a part of that party. Hmm. And he says, all right, and then we got house. Bam! Woo! It's the Navy! And the Navy! Uh, and he points over and you see uh, <laughs> someone that you had had sitting at your table before 
it is uh, First Officer Vulcan Zygimer, uh, who is uh, a man with stark black hair, uh, almost a, a Spock type when you look at him, very stern, put together, gaunt, in full uh, naval dress uniform. But you can see the shimmering of a refractor field surrounding him. Uh, and behind him, you see two armsmen and a member of the Mechanicus, all of whom are clearly highly ranking, and they are coming from the Planetary Defense Force. Gazzy ends up answering a question that you all may have been asking. He's like, oh, man, if anybody has to kill them, they're fucked. (laughs) (laughs) And you realize that's why calling in the Navy is a good thing. You all know that Vulcan Zygimer is the first officer of the biggest ship in the planetary defense fleet, Mm. which is confirming my names, uh, which is the Tears of the Emperor. So it is an Avenger class grand cruiser. So it is a, a beaten and well-worn ship. The Avenger class is very large, traditionally retired from service, but brought back. They are nasty ships of the line, and they are very big. It's also not the only ship in the Planetary Defense Force. You'd remember this from your implanted learnings and your discussion of the system. There are also three sword class frigates, uh, and the whole thing is commanded by uh, Lord Captain Von Connery. So, you know, losing (laughs) Vulcan is actually very, very risky and would highly Mm. offend um, the fleet of the system who are Mm. not insignificant players. Um, In 40K, the first officer functions like they should in Star Trek, which is if there's a boarding action or if there's something risky, Vulcan is the one to go. However, because of their internal setup, Vulcan really shouldn't be in the firing line at any point because there are other lesser ships that can do the send someone down. He does not look pleased. He does not look pleased at all. And I imagine neither of you. Well, I was going to say, uh, you know who gives a single fuck about that? Not the Inquisition. Exactly. And then the third team, that's House Vance. The third, fourth team, whatever. They've got <laughs> Dinta Skull Shield. She volunteered or something. And you look over and you see a woman in a rakish jacket, very similar to Nero Skull Shield. And you can see the familial resemblance of her. Behind her are three professional soldiers, all of whom are packing hell guns, all of whom look incredibly nasty. Uh, you know very little of her. All you know is she was the heir to uh, the Skull Shield rogue trader ship. Uh, and she is present for this competition. All right, you've all got a chance to make one threat before we start off with the announcements. Who wants to do their threat first? My team! Yay, my team! And Seth uh, looks to Nero. <laughs> a microphone lowers in front <clears throat> of the podium. Uh, I just uh, step forward and, um, you know, the, the lights dim everywhere else around me. And um, I just look down the line and I say, uh, hey, you know, um, just want to say I'm, I'm really sorry about that time I speared your brother, pulled him into the arena, and uh, the sister of blood here and I fucking killed him. So good luck to you, and I guess the rest of you chuckle fucks, because I gotta say, we're doing great. Great. And then I'll slap Mina on the, the shoulder in a real, like, we did it, champ, kind of way, and go back and just like, Finish my glass, and I'm going to toss it into the middle of the uh, middle of the crowd uh, to shatter Thor style. But if he couldn't aim, and Jacinta gestures, and a microphone is lowered down to her, and she holds it up to her mouth and just says, "Well, 
I know what you did was perfectly legal and I can appreciate it from the end. Good luck. And she lets it go. Seth, can you roll me a perception? Yes. <laughs> Nero might be in love. I'm Difficulty just putting that out He just needed a lady Nero. That's all. <laughs> Four successes. Yeah. Um, I know what you did was what showed up on your data slate. And she left a very big pause there before the end of that sentence. Jacinta's taken a shot at you all before, and it looks like she's going to be taking another one tonight. Okay. Then putting that together, Seth will discreetly tell everyone um, uh, 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 the attack on our hotel room. It was her. Be ready for anything. The microphone lowers the professional crime team and the very calm, strange woman just takes it and says, everybody have fun, bye. And she just lets it go back up to the sky. That's that's all she had for you. I mean, now Nero's in a love triangle situation. It's a Betty Veronica thing. He doesn't know what to do. Uh, the other microphone lowers in front of the Navy and Vulcan just draws a power, his power sword and chops it off the mic. He's not even saying anything. He just severs the cable and lets it fall to the floor. At which point, Gazzy is like, "Well, that seemed a little intense, but I kind of liked it. All right, so we put the governor's crown in that warehouse or whatever, and everybody gets a skull. Uh, and flying out from around him are 16 servo skulls, all of which have cameras mounted inside their mouths. And they begin to circle the individual members of each team, projecting on 16 screens uh, what they can see of everyone's faces and reactions to what's going on. And you all realize it might be a fair bit trickier to sneak out of here than you'd originally anticipated. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter as Interrogator Nero Abignale, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Seth Corbin, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter as Sister Olian Mina, and our Game Master Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire on Friendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, 
Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. <laughs> Are you two still awake? Dad, we're too excited! You'll be tired at Mockery Manor tomorrow, and it's bigger than ever, so you really do need to sleep. Daddy, tell us about the new expansion! Okay, okay. Yay! Once upon a time, there was a wonderful place, Mockery Manor. Everyone loved it, but sometimes it felt lonely. The manor longed for a companion, so they built a whole new park right next door and called it Claytonville. And it was the... Rootinest, tootinest place you ever did see. Yee-haw! Hop on board the brand new Mockery Railroad all the way to Claytonville. Toot-toot! In Claytonville, there are four cowboy lands to explore. Lasso a goat in Farmin' Valley. Kiss your girl's best friend in Lovelorn Town. Stop it, Terry. And in Cowboy Christmas Town, hop on down to the Bluegrass Grotto to meet Cowboy Santa. Ho, ho, ho down! And are you brave enough to ride the wildest ride in Claytonville? Look out, it's the Four Spurs Pine Tree! Two parks in one and only $19.99 for a family of four. And how about you? Yeah, that's right. You. Listening to this. Are you ready to come back? To Mockery Manor. Season 3. Available now.